Hey mamas, I'm Kira, birth and postpartum doula, and you're listening to The Push Podcast. If you're pregnant or a new mom or a mom looking for a place to feel like you fit in, you're in the right place. This podcast is all about pushing boundaries, where I give you the real honest truth about pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. This is not just another fairy tale of what to expect with rainbows and butterflies. This podcast keeps it real as we dive into the issues that expecting moms really need to know about and prepare for. You'll hear birth stories from other moms, expert interviews, and doula discussions. This podcast provides education on what to actually expect as you prepare for labor and how to give yourself grace through pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. If talking about vaginas, your pelvic floor, and the occasional F-bomb doesn't bother you, then welcome to the club, mama. You're in the right place. Let's jump in. Okay, so on the podcast today, we have Sarah. She is a birth and bereavement doula. Sarah, I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Sarah. I am, um, as you just mentioned, a birth and bereavement doula. I'm certified through an organization called Stillbirth Day, and they um, specifically work on training doulas to support um, families as they're experiencing pregnancy loss, miscarriage, stillbirth. Um, And so I'm fully trained as a a birth doula, um, but I also specialize in situations that need a little extra care. So that pregnancy loss type of situation that I was mentioning, also individuals who are going through infertility or folks who are considering adoption. And those are all things that um, I myself have experienced. So that's kind of how I how I got into it. Wow. It's it's such a unique field. You know, a birth and bereavement doula is not something that, you know, typically, you know, moms or anybody, you know, usually hears about. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into that line of work? Yeah, completely. So um, my husband and I went through infertility testing and treatment. Um, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so, you know, getting pregnant was was a challenge. Um, And so we experienced that. And then after a couple of um, really very sad and disappointing and heartbreaking pregnancy losses, miscarriages, um, we decided to transition to adoption. Um, and so once we did that, we, um, we adopted our son. Um, we met his birth mother in the hospital for the very first time. That's the first time we ever met her. Um, and it was kind of a crazy experience. And then a few weeks after he was born, I also found out I was pregnant. Surprise, surprise. We had stopped treatment. <laughs> so it was, it was a bit of a shock. Um, and so I gave birth to his brother nine months later. So my boys are nine months apart. But my my birth experience was actually um, fairly traumatic. And it was at the very beginning of the pandemic. And so the only person who could be with me was my doula, um, which was a really, you know, my husband wasn't there. He was at home with our baby. And it was just a really overwhelming experience. Ended up in an emergency C-section. And so through all of those experiences, that's kind of how I got interested in starting work as a doula. I was a university professor before um, and then decided, you know, with the two kids so close together in age, I really needed to step back from that. Um, And so I started exploring the world of doula work, specifically thinking, okay, can I help 
you know, folks who are going through similar situations that I did. Um, and that's how I found Stillbirth Day and that organization and started my training there, got certified and um, and started started my work. And it's really, really rewarding. And, and I really enjoy it. Wow. You have such a unique story. Like you said, you know, you were going through the whole adoption process and then you found yes. out how late, how, how soon after did you find out you were pregnant? Oh gosh, it was like uh, maybe two weeks oh after it was, he was just a teensy tiny little baby. And I remember holding my son, I was standing in the kitchen. My husband had been gone for a couple of days for work and he comes home and I looked at him and I just said, you're not going to believe this. And he's like, what? <laughs> I said, well, we're pregnant. Um, and he just looked at me and said, cool. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's like, okay, I'm not even sure how to react to that. Great. So what sort of resources were available to you? I know that you said, um, you know, you had a doula during your yes. birth, but Obviously, that's such a whirlwind of emotions, and I can't even begin to imagine how you were feeling in that situation. So where did you even begin, like your search for yeah. a doula and all of your resources? You know, I had never really, I didn't know much about childbirth, to be honest. You know, we spent so long thinking that I wasn't going to be able to have a baby, and so I hadn't done a ton of research or, or education on it. And when I started to, I started to realize all the benefits of trying for a natural birth, um, meaning unmedicated, right? And so I, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that on my own. And I also knew we had a tiny baby as well that, you know, that we we're going to have to take care of. And so I thought I really need a support person um, to be there with me. I didn't really know much about what doulas even did at the time, but just through kind of searching out childbirth education. Um, you know, I started to kind of learn a little bit about it. Now, at the time we lived in Utah, didn't have any family around us. So that was another reason why it was really important for me, um, given all that we had going on to, to have someone, you know, just be there in my corner and, you know, not from a medical perspective, but just from an emotional and educational support perspective. Absolutely. And to kind of shift gears a little bit, um, I'm assuming your, your doula was a birth doula. Did you also have support postpartum? No, I did not know that postpartum doulas <laughs> existed. And I lived in a really small area in Utah. I'm sure they, they did exist, but I didn't really know it at the time. And again, because of COVID, this is April of 2020. And so, you know, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know how contagious it was. Was it in the, you know, did we have it there? Um, and so we were super, super careful. No family came to visit or help us. Um, we didn't have any friends come over we didn't have any support so it was me and my husband and because of the c-section um you know I couldn't do a ton I couldn't even pick up our nine-month-old um and so it was just me and my husband for you know several weeks just the two of us trying to trying to make it through it I wish I had known about postpartum doulas at the time wow you are an absolute rock star let's just say <laughs> that you. first of all so I guess looking back, and I, I want to get into your, your role as a birth and bereavement doula here in just a moment, um, but looking back at postpartum, like what sort of advice would you give to a mom or even would like speaking to yourself back then, what sort of advice would you give to yourself um, or some things that you may have wanted to do differently? Yeah, I think, and you know, I think it especially applies to moms of multiples because although my boys were nine months apart, it was, you know, I had two babies. Um, and so I think 
trying to allow yourself that grace and getting, you know, asking for help, asking for support. I don't think, I didn't realize how much help I really needed. Um, and I didn't realize that I was maybe experiencing postpartum depression and anxiety right away. And so, you know, just being willing to be proactive and ask for that help when you feel like you're super overwhelmed. Um, you know, COVID obviously has made things tough, um, but there were virtual options that I didn't know about. Um, lactation consultants, for example, I had a really hard time with breastfeeding um, and I didn't know that lactation consultants could do virtual appointments, you know, so mm -hmm. taking advantage of some of those options now, I think is, is a really good idea. That's awesome. And yeah, I think there are, like you said, like a lot of resources, especially now in these good old unprecedented times of the <laughs> pandemic. Um, it's actually one of the services that I offer is birth and postpartum virtual services, because, right. you know, it's such a crucial piece of your birth support team. And, you know, if we can't be there, we're going to find a way, whether it's FaceTime or Zoom or whatnot. Exactly. Um, because like you said, moms, you know, they need that support. And I'm in the same boat where, you know, I wasn't sure if I had postpartum depression or anxiety. Um, I had a doula during my birth, but not during my postpartum. And it's, it's one of those things where you're like, am I having these symptoms or is it just baby blues? So having that person there to kind of help you out throughout that postpartum period is so beneficial. Exactly. Um, and then to, like I said, to switch gears then, I just want to chat more about your birth and bereavement role. Um, what kind of support do you provide moms? What does that look like when you're providing services? Yeah. So a couple of things. So in terms of, so clearly there are three different things. There's infertility, there's pregnancy loss, and then there's adoption. So it really depends on the situation, but oftentimes those things are intertwined, right? So a lot of people enter into looking into adoption because they've experienced either infertility or loss or both like I had. Um, and so, you know, my role is really when it comes to things like infertility to just be there as a support person as they're going through the process. Infertility testing and treatment is overwhelming. Um, there's a lot of jargon, a lot of medical options that you have. Um, and so, you know, my role there is just to kind of help support someone through thinking through those different decisions, pros and cons, um, and then kind of processing their grief as they're working through it as well. Um, in terms of pregnancy loss, so folks who are experiencing a miscarriage or a stillbirth, or for example, if their baby has been diagnosed with say, a fatal condition still in utero, um, you know, my role then is to kind of come in and help them wherever, wherever they need it. So that may be, that may look like labor support as they, um, as they give birth, right. And then helping them kind of process, um, and, and think about how do they want that day to go? So do they want photography? Do they want to see the baby immediately after, um, do they want to plan a memorial service? So, you know, those types of, of steps that, you know, just I'm someone there to help walk them through that and make sure that it's the best possible environment that they can have on the hardest day of their life. And that might look like, you know, educating and talking to the doctors and the nurses about, you know, what what the family's wishes are. Um, and then the third piece with adoption. So I'll say that my experience with adoption really opened my eyes. Um, the number of expectant moms who are considering placing a child who were either being induced or having an elective C-section, um, 
for basically the convenience of the <laughs> of either the adoption agency or or the um, the adoptive parents was really eye opening. And so, you know. I like to try and provide as much pregnancy education as I can um, and childbirth education to make sure that these women are empowered in the decisions that they're making in a really, really vulnerable time in their life um, and helping them understand that they there are resources maybe available to them to parent if they want them. Um, but then, you know, being there during labor and delivery and helping to make sure that they have a birth plan that they can actually, um, they can actually be empowered to use and, and make those decisions and decide how they want, um, do they want the adoptive family in the room during a super vulnerable time or not? Um, so all those kinds of things are really unique to the adoption experience. Um, and that's kind of what I, I help with. That's such an incredibly powerful line of work that you do. And, you know, when you're speaking about all of those things, it's, again, not something that typically would even be on my radar, right? Because as, you know, being a mom that I haven't had to go through any of those struggles, I think it's very eye-opening that there are so many women who do. And I think the work that you do is just absolutely incredible. Um, What sort of awareness can we raise to bring, I mean, these, you know, sort of issues to light? So when you're speaking of, you know, going through infertility or miscarriage or adoption, um, what sort of uh, awareness can we bring to those to those areas? Yeah, I think um, a few things. I would. I think it would really help if more doulas are aware of those because the thing is, you may end up supporting a mom who has previously experienced a loss or has um, an unfortunately a sad outcome in her pregnancy and birth, right? Or a mom who has gone through infertility or is considering adoption. You may end up supporting. Um, those moms, even though you don't have the training that I went through and the life experience that I have. And so I think, you know, making more doulas aware of these unique um, situations is really important. And then also, I think, trying to articulate to women that these options are available to them, right? So many of these, say, expectant moms and adoption situations, you know, having a doula isn't something that a lot of people even know about or know exists. And that's even more the case when you're dealing with populations that might be a bit more vulnerable. You know, I worked with a mom recently who told me that her friends were shocked that she had a doula because doulas are just for rich people. And, and I thought that's so emblematic of, you know, what I'm trying to fight. And so I think just trying to bring better awareness to what doulas do, who they can help, that it's not just something for rich people, that it's something for, you know, anyone in their, you know, whatever they're going through. I personally offer my services for free to families going through pregnancy loss or considering placing for adoption. Now, not everyone has to do that. And I know there's a lot of controversy in the doula world about offering free services, but just having, you know, having those connections and making those connections for folks as you might, you know, encounter them, I think um, can be really, really helpful and really empowering to women experiencing these types of situations. Yes, absolutely. Very empowering. Like you said, um, you know, a lot of people don't even know these services exist. So, you know, putting that awareness out there and speaking more about this, I think will will help bring some light to a lot of women that are going through these situations. Um, so speaking directly to maybe there's a mom listening who is, you know, not yet a mom, let's say, um, and she's going through fertility issues. What sort of advice would you give her um, speaking from your role? Yeah, so I think there's a few things. I think one is to kind of take her time 
and think through all of the different options. So in infertility, you know, there you, you can be talking about lots of different things. So you could be talking about someone who has just been trying to conceive for, you know, six months to a year, depending on their age, and they've been unsuccessful, maybe they're tracking their, you know, their cycles. Um, and or you could go all the way to the extreme of somebody who is currently going through, say, in vitro fertilization treatment. So there's a really wide range of what's considered kind of infertility and infertility treatment. Um, and so I think it's really important just to kind of make sure that um, you understand all of the options that you have. IVF isn't for everyone. It's tough. It's a really, it's emotionally tough. It's physically very, very taxing on the body. It's tough on relationships. Um, and so I think, you know, just, just getting that education and understanding what your options are and what outcomes might be, like how, you know, what's the success rate of different things. Take your time and do that research before you jump in so that you do feel like you're more in control of the situation as you're going through it. Absolutely. And then if we switch gears a little bit and talk more about, um, you know, maybe the adoption process or possibly even a mom, you know, who is is grieving a loss, um, mm -hmm. what sort of resources can you provide them? Um, I guess those would be two different areas. So let's speak specifically with the grieving moms. Um, what sort of resources can you connect them with um, and how long would your services work with them? after that loss? Yeah. So, you know, I will work with someone as long as, as long as they need me. And in fact, you know, one of the biggest challenges is navigating a new pregnancy after you've experienced a loss that can bring up really intense emotions and be overwhelming. Um, you know, anxiety and depression can happen during pregnancy in those cases, um, very frequently. And so, you know, I will work with people on the entire spectrum of the grief process um, and navigating, say, their relationship with their partner, um, you know, as they're as they're working through it. But resources wise. So the organization that I'm certified through Stillbirth Day actually has a website with a ton of really great resources there. Um, everything from, you know, local um, support groups to, um, you know, ideas for, you know, memorials or ways to kind of remember your lost child. Um, and so there's a ton of resources just on that page alone. It's a, it's a really great collection of it. Um, there's also a directory there of stillbirth certified doulas. So, you know, if I'm not in your area, um, there, there's a directory of doulas all across the country who have this, this training. That's great. And Sarah, I'll be sure to connect with you and we can, um, for the listeners, we'll link that website in the show notes for them to go to. Um, and then I guess lastly, to wrap up, um, where can our listeners find you? How can they connect with you or learn more about your work? Yeah, so my um, my doula services are called Love Above. So Love Above Doula. Um, my website is just www www.loveabovedoula.com. Um, but you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Love Above Doula. Um, and I provide, you know, resources and um, different, you know, information on, on those sites. Um, but you're always welcome to um, just reach out to me. My email is just loveabovedoula at gmail.com. So pretty easy. Um, and I'm always happy to, to just chat with people and talk about, you know, how can I help you? And if I can't help you, I'll get you connected with someone who can. Awesome. Sarah, well, like I said before, you're a rock star. I think Thank the work you. that you do is absolutely <laughs> incredible and more people need to hear about it. So 
like I said, I think this podcast episode will reach a lot more, um, you know, either expecting moms or moms who are currently pregnant who might not even know about this work. Um, you never know, you know, when you will need a birth and bereavement doula, unfortunately. So right. again, thank you so much for all of the work you do. And thank you so much for hanging out with me on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Thanks for listening to The Push Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to rate, subscribe, and share. And if you're interested in being a guest here on The Push Podcast, reach out to me on Instagram at The Grace Doula. I'll catch you next time.